Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Miles on the Grid, and I'm your host, Miles. In today's episode, we'll be reviewing the Portimao Grand Prix, um, as well as also looking briefly at Imola, because I know that I didn't release that episode um, two weeks ago. So let's get straight into it. The Portuguese Grand Prix yesterday was quite an interesting one. Um, if I'm honest, it was a bit boring from uh, from like a, a fan perspective. There wasn't that much that was going on um, outside of like things like tire management and um, control of of tire temperature, uh, especially for for the top four slash top five. Um, but I found that there were a few interesting parts. You know, there was a safety car near the start uh, with Kimi Raikkonen uh, crashing into Antonio Giovinazzi. Uh, there was the surprise to see George Russell in the Williams drop from 11th all the way down to, I believe it was 16th or, or 17th on the grid. And then we also had um, Valtteri Bottas, who, who scored pole position, but wasn't able to capitalise on that in the race. So in today's uh, show, I'm just going to go through the top 10 and give them ratings like I normally do, but also uh, talk about who I thought was my actual driver of the day, which might be a bit of a, a controversial opinion. But here we go. So... Um, with with number one, let's start with uh, with Lewis. So Lewis started from uh, uh, sorry second on on the grid. He didn't have the best qualifying position, if I'm honest. I know that he mentioned, and I was watching the um the, the qualifying highlights. I know he mentioned that he struggled with a lot of grip, uh, particularly in Q3. And it's ironic that his Q2 time was actually good enough to to achieve pole position with like a one seventeen. Um, even beaten what Max and Valtteri put out in the 118s. Um, however, he just wasn't able to replicate that form coming into into final uh, qualifying. So he started from second on the grid uh, behind Valtteri, got a really good start of the line, um, but it wasn't enough to pass Bottas on the lap one. Um, he, he then subsequently lost second place to Max, and he seemed to be a bit tentative. Um, maybe he had the, the last tangle um, at, at MLO that they had in mind, so it was something which he was just trying to to bear in mind. Um, but then at one point he, he got through, he got, he got past Max. Uh, Max made a bit of a mistake. He, he started to push um, a little bit too hard and then Lewis was able to, to, to go around the outside. And then when Max came back at him, he, he managed to shut the door on him uh, on turn two on lap 11. Um, at this point he was like running a second or less than a second behind Bottas. And then when he was able to, to finally get DRS on Bottas on lap 20, it was a stellar move, really, really stellar move. Um, I think it was a move which was kind of reminiscent of Daniel Ricciardo. It's a very Honey Badger style, very last of the late breakers. Um, don't get me wrong, Valtteri gave him space, especially when he moved over to the inside, but Lewis took full advantage of it. And with that, the race was pretty much done. He was never going to relinquish that lead, especially... Um, after what happened at Imola. So yeah, I think for him, it was just a matter of making sure that he, he nursed his tyres well to the end. Um, you know, Lewis, he said stuff like his tyres are gone. I mean, at this point, it's nothing unusual. Yeah, I think when Lewis says his tyres are gone, we know he's going to put in the fastest lap. And I said the same thing to my wife, who didn't really care, to be fair. <laughs> but I was like, look, Lewis is going to put in, in fastest laps and he he did, you know. He started uh, to set like one twenty two, low one twenty twos, and then uh, a one twenty one. And I think from that point onwards, he was just like five seconds clear of Max towards the end. Um, and from that perspective, I give him a ten. Well, actually, no, I'll give him a nine. I, I track back on that one, um, so I'll give him a nine. 
uh, with Max himself, I was actually um, quite impressed. So he managed to stay in contact with, with Lewis and Bossas um, on, on the run down to turn one on, on the first opening lap. He wasn't able to, to capitalize necessarily, uh, but once the safety car came out, he actually got the jump on Lewis, which I thought was quite interesting. So Lewis, I know in his post-race interview, he mentioned that he was uh, trying to see what Valtteri was doing. He started to um, weave to, to get some temperature in his tires. But at that split second when he started to move his car, that's when Valtteri took off and Max, uh, in his sort of uh, killer instinct style, he really took advantage of that. Um, unfortunately, he, he wasn't able to to contain that. And as I mentioned earlier, he lost the place to Lewis on lap 11 and then continued to mention things like he's a sitting duck on the straight and he just didn't seem to have the power of, of the Mercedes on the straight. Um, at certain points, he was set in fastest middle sectors, you know, and it, it seemed like there could be a potential a potential comeback on. Um, he got past Bottas as the, as the race went on. You know, he, he was the first to jump into the pits out of the top three or even the top four, should I say. Um, Initially, I thought that he was going to go all the way to the end, um, and especially after he got past Bottas. But I, I think going for that fastest lap at the end, which was then deleted, um, may not have been the, the right move, but it didn't manage to lose him any time. Um, I, I personally would have given Max a an 8. You know, he tried his best. He he did mention that Portimao wasn't one of his favourite tracks. That is no excuse. <laughs> at the end of the day, you're all racing drivers um, who are performing at the highest level, but... It was noticeable that Mercedes had either made significant improvements um, coming into the weekend, or the track just suited them better. So, hats off to hats off to Max for for staying with the with the top two and, and really splitting the Mercedes. Moving on to third place, so Valtteri Bottas. It was a bit of an upsetting race. If I'm honest, I have tried my best to be impartial towards Bottas, especially this season. Um, I know that a lot of people just want to jump on him and, and be like, hey, you know, he shouldn't be in the Mercedes. There is a point to that, especially when you see George Russell able to qualify 11th in the Williams, you know. But at the same time, Valtteri got pole. He, he beat Lewis, he beat Max, he beat Checo, um, Lando Norris. And, you know, these are all good drivers, really good drivers, uh, with stellar pedigrees behind them. So it's not like Bottas is a slouch. Um, so I had kind of high hopes coming for him into, into Sunday's race. He... He just didn't seem to have that race pace once again. We we know he's a really strong qualifier. He's had 17 pole positions, you know, nine race wins. But unless something significant seems to happen to either Lewis, Max, or even Charles Leclerc in the past, or Vettel, he just can't seem to to either mentally get over that hurdle or or to produce the same results in the race itself. Um, I mean, from the start, he, he got off really well, and he was doing... Fantastically, he showed no sign of of abating from from Lewis's pressure. Um, I thought initially he did really well to to uh, stay clear of Verstappen up until about lap twenty six, um, and then when he came in for his pit stop, got on lap thirty seven, it was a bit of a slow stop. Um, Mercedes gave him like a three point three, which wasn't enough to really allow Bottas to, to have enough time to to pick up his tires. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, and Max was able to, to get past him when his tires when his tires sorry were too cold and started to slide around. He he did mention that he he started to lose power um, around lap fifty five and lap uh, fifty six, and Mercedes then confirmed to uh, to the broadcast that it was due to an exhaust temperature sensor problem. 
um, Toto continually stressed that he had like, the fastest car um, on on track, and and at one point he he did, which allowed him to take the fastest lap away uh, from from Red Bull um, with a one. Excuse me, uh, I believe it was a, a one nineteen eight. Um, so all in all, a decent race, but I know he'd be disappointed personally. If that was me, I'd be disappointed. So I, I would give Valtteri a six. Moving then into fourth place, so Sergio Perez. I felt kind of sorry for Perez. Um, I thought that he did really well. So to give a bit of, of, uh, of a, uh, a backstory, uh, Perez lost a place to Sainz uh, initially at the start and dropped down to fifth place, so he qualified fourth. Um, and then Lando Norris seemed to, to get past him as well, albeit this was without... Uh, or oh, sorry, with track limits being abused, <laughs> which I know Red Bull and uh, Christian Horner were, were very keen to point out after the race. Um, he, he did manage to take the place back from uh, from Norris with DRS and then started to trade purple sectors with, between himself and Max. Um, but for me, it was a bit of an anonymous race. He, he was running first when Lewis, Max and Bottas pitted, but Red Bull hadn't brought him into the garage yet. You know, he was told to run an additional 10 laps. Now, for me, we all know that Sergio and Lewis are the masters of tyre preservation. But leaving him out so long just to try and see if it could benefit Max, when Sergio, excuse me, has brilliant race pace, and if he was brought in earlier, he may have been able to close that gap. I don't know. I, I don't know if that was the right strategy from, from Red Bull today, but he, he went for the fastest lap at the end, which was eclipsed by Bottas. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was a bit of a weird race. Um I know he was voted driver for day, um, ahead of someone who shouldn't have been driver for day in any in any event. Um, and for that, I will give him a seven, a seven out of ten. Um, moving on to on to Lando Norris. So Norris, uh, unfortunately, we didn't seem to get a lot of coverage of of his race, um, but he did very very well coming into fifth place. So he got past Esteban Ocon at the start with a with a really strong uh, takeoff off the line. Uh, and he moved in, in into sixth before the safety car. Um, now, after the restart on, on lap six, he, he pulled into to fourth place and passed signs. And I already discussed uh, the moment when he overtook Perez um, off track. But when he came into the pits and came back out in 10th, I wasn't too sure what would happen to, to his race. I knew that uh, a lot of the front runners hadn't necessarily pitted. And also a lot of the, the back markers were yet to pit as well. Um, but... From about lap 45, he, he started to reel it in, and he eventually got into into fifth place. So I would say a very good race from Lando. He, he's starting to prove that he's at this elite level, which many people didn't consider him to be at. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't too sure what level he was at. I thought that Daniel Ricciardo would come into the McLaren team, immediately take over, and that would be it for, for, for Norris at, at McLaren. But He's establishing himself as the best of of the pack. You know, we we've seen in the what in Bahrain he he came uh, fifth in Imola he was fourth. Lando Norris could could potentially be a a real a real star, and he already is a social media star, and he's already been a, a fantastic driver in in F two in the past. So yeah, let, let's see what let's see what happens because I I think he's got a real um a real promising career ahead of him. So moving into moving into sixth place, Charles Leclerc, uh, and sorry, Norris for me, eight out of 10, fantastic race, but just a tiny bit anonymous. Um, Charles Leclerc, so he started eighth, 
he, he jumped one place into into seventh place and and then came into the pits around lap twenty six. Um, once again, I thought it was a really shoddy stop by by Ferrari, um, a three point four. But then again, I'm no mechanic, so it would be a miss of me to even say that's terrible when I can't do better. Um, but I just felt like he he didn't necessarily have the pace to trouble the front runners. He wasn't anywhere near Norris when it came to trying to catch him. Um, I know at one point uh, Carlos Sainz, I think it was about 39 was asked to move aside for, for Leclerc. And from that perspective, um, Leclerc was able to, to advance back up to back up to sixth place. But I just don't think that the race works out the way that Ferrari thought it would. Um, I know you mentioned after the race that uh, qualifying fifth and sixth and even uh, finishing in those positions would have been a good result for Ferrari based upon where they are at this point in time. That being said, to me, he's a future world champion, and I just think that he would want more out of the car. You know, he's able to qualify in a fantastic position nearly every Saturday. So let's see what happens. Um, but yeah, a, a really anonymous race. So uh, six out of ten for me. Moving on to Esteban Ocon. So Ocon, um, he started, excuse me, uh, Esteban Ocon started really well, um, but then got passed <laughs> super quickly, um, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, he got passed by Norris, and then he just wasn't able to um, hold off Leclerc as well at the restart. And he dropped down to wave. I'm a massive fan of Esteban Ocon. I think that he's got a really high ceiling. Uh, I think that he could go all the way in the sport. It's just a matter of his dedication, but also sometimes his um, his in-car judgment. So we've seen his battles with Perez in the past. We've seen uh, some issues with Max when, when he was being lapped. Um, but this, well, towards the end of the last season, I really thought he turned the corner, you know, dealing with Daniel Ricciardo and not necessarily getting dusted, but managing to eke out some results and even scoring a second at the Brewing Grand Prix, um, circumstances permitting. So, yeah, I, I was really high on him going into this race. He wasn't able to fend off all of the challenges initially, you know, and he had a, a nice little tangle with Gasly, um, around that 33 and that 34, um. But it's when he started to run faster than signs when he was 10th um, that he started to overtake cars. And he moved up in the end to, to seventh place. And for that, I, I think it was valuable points that Alpine needed. Um, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Esteban Ocon a seven out of ten. Uh, moving to to my driver of the day, personally, Fernando Alonso. So Alonso had a horrible qualifying, horrible qualifying. I think he got knocked out in uh, Q1 if not Q2. Now, with that being said, we all know the talent that Alonso has, and I'm going to do a feature on it, on, on that this week. Um, so please stay tuned for that. But we all know the talent he has. Yeah, he, he's a multiple uh, world champion, extensive race winner, podium fighter in some of the worst cars that the grid's ever seen, let alone some of the best cars, um, with Ferrari, Renault, uh, McLaren. I wasn't too sure how he would fare, Going into going into this weekend, um, I know in Q two he was running within the top six, which was ridiculous at one point. Oh, sorry, FP two, he was running within the top six. Um, but then within qualifying, he never seemed to have a grasp of the car. You know, he couldn't seem to get it to do what he wanted, which was very similar to to um, Lance Strong. But towards the end of this race, like he just came alive. I really don't know what happened, but I think it was the hard tires that he put on. You know, he had a battle with uh, 
He got rid of his tyres on that 41. He had a battle with uh, Daniel Ricciardo for ninth, and Alonso passed him using DRS on the straight. Um, he then moved up into eighth place after getting past Sainz, who unfortunately was on his old tyres, and we'll, we'll touch on that potentially. Um, but he was just charging through the field to the point where at the end of the race, I thought if he had another, like, say, like five laps, he could catch up with Ocon. Now that's saying something given that um, he, he didn't qualify well and he started uh, pretty poorly. Um, but it seems like once he came onto those hard tyres, not only did he come alive, he he resurrected the Alonso of old. Um, so for me, I, I'm giving him a 9 out of 10. I know he's my driver for day, so technically he should be above Lewis, but Lewis also had a stellar race also. Um, moving to Daniel Ricciardo. So Ricciardo, again, terrible qualifying session. I don't know what happened. Um, I'm a huge Ricciardo fan, and I think that he can bring a lot to that McLaren team. But just so far this year, it hasn't worked out for him. He was asked to move aside at Imola, um, which was a shame just because Lando was faster. But to his credit, he did it. And we all saw where, where Lando ended up. Um, he he also didn't seem to, to gel with the car initially in, in Bahrain. But that can be excused given the fact it was his first race and he still managed to, to bring home some points in, in sixth. Now, at Portimao, he qualified terribly. Um, but his in-race craft is what separates him from, from a lot of other drivers. And I think this is something that Perez does really well as well. Um, he managed to drag the car <laughs> from 16th to 9th. That's no mean feat, especially upon a track where grip is, noto- is uh, noticeably poor. Um, the DRS is so powerful going down the back straight. Uh, and then also um, track position, there's not a lot of overtaking opportunities, uh, apart from maybe turn two, turn three, and I believe turn uh, 14. So, well, and an obvious turn one. So I thought that Daniel Ricciardo did really well. Um, I'm not going to give him a, a nine. I'll give him an eight, uh, just because he was in that position in the first place. But really good race from him and, and a demonstration of his abilities once again. Um, and then rounding up the top 10, Pierre Gasly. So Gasly, he he started in ninth, he, and he stayed in ninth for most of the race. Um, he pitted on lap, on lap 25 and then came out ahead of Ocon in 12. Um, he managed to fight his way back through the field, so he, he got up to, excuse me, he got up to 10th place, and, and he stayed there to, to clinch a valuable point for, for um, Alpha Tauri. But it just never seemed like he was one with the car this weekend, and neither AlphaTauri did, you know, so no, they didn't necessarily uh, do great. He managed to, to come in 15th place. Um, so I don't know whether it was a setup thing for the team. Uh, I do know that um, he, he started on the mediums uh, due, to, uh, due to his tyre choice um, going into, into qualifying. And previously at Imola, when he ran the hard uh, tyres for too long, there was a question about whether it was the right move, and it proved not to be. So I don't know whether the, the AlphaTauri garage were just second-guessing their tyre choice this weekend and, and seeing what worked with the car or what didn't. But I would hope for a much uh, improved result for him. And just for his prospects going into 2022 at the uh, Catalina Grand Prix next week. Um, so yeah, I would give him a, a 6 out of 10, a fairly anonymous race. Um, just some other, some other key points to note. So Sebastian Vettel, I thought that he, he qualified okay. Um, given how poorly the Aston Martin cars, uh, I don't want to say racing this year, but just performing, 
Um, I thought that he did well to, to qualify in 10th. You know, it was the first time that Seb had been in Q3 for, for nearly over a year. Um, and that in itself, or a race year anyway, um, and that in itself was, was quite a quite an achievement. Um, he started in 10th, he stayed in 10th at the restart. Uh, when he pitted for mediums, he came out in 13th. Um, and then it just didn't seem to, to gel with him from, from that point onwards. You know, he had a bit of a mini battle with Stroll, passing Stroll, Stroll coming back, etc., etc. and then Giovinazzi coming past him. Um, but it just didn't seem like he had the pace to, to ever challenge for, for a point today, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, also, Yuki Tsunoda. Um, once again, a, a weird race. He he had two um, track limit warnings on, by like lap 13. Um, I mean, he got past uh, Fernando Alonso around lap 16, and, and then he kept on locking up. I think he locked up twice later on in the race. Um, coverage wasn't as extensive on Yuki this week, so it was a bit hard to follow. But looking at the timing screens, he was running at a fairly average pace and wasn't able to uh, to improve upon his time, and he finished in 15th place. Um, one person I really wanted to highlight this week was Mick Schumacher. So Mick, yes, he's in a Haas, and we all know his legacy. You know, his dad's the, the, the goat or, or the co-goat, depending upon who you speak with, uh, Michael Schumacher. But he's in the Haas, and the Haas is by far the slowest car on the grid. Everyone knows it. Even Gunther Steiner has mentioned it. Um because their development points towards 2022 and the new regulations. But Mick was able to do something which he hadn't done before and which hadn't been done in the previous two races, which was split the, the Williams. So effectively, Williams and Hassel are the remaining back markers or, or the, the lowest on the grid at the moment. Fair enough, Raikkonen had a crash. But Schumacher actually had a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a mini race with, with Latifi at one point. Um, it was towards the end. He wasn't necessarily able to get um, get past the TV initially, and then there was a situation concerning blue flags. But to me, his ability to not only okay deal with the blue flags, but to come back from it and then try and rechallenge Latifi, who seemed to be struggling for whatever reason, but it, it showed to me that there was a measure of control. It showed a, a measure of his ability, which we've seen in F2 and also in F3. But it also showed me how consistent... He's been in terms of his dedication to the sport. You know, he's not just trying to get into into Formula One of his name or of his money, as, as others may have done in the sport. You know, he's actually here just to just to compete, um, regardless of the of the machinery he's in. So, I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Mick Schumacher a, a seven. Uh, I thought that was quite a standout performance from him, and the fact that he was able to leave over <laughs> over fifty six or, or sixty four seconds. Uh, to his teammate, who's in the same machinery, Nikita Mazepin. Um, yeah, that makes, that speaks volumes in itself. So, congrats to congrats to him. Um, so yeah, for, for me, that's the that's the sort of uh, wrap up or, or the overview of the, the Portuguese Grand Prix. Uh, let me know what you think. Feel free to to at me on Twitter, at, uh, Miles on the Grid, and I will look forward to to seeing you in the next episode. Bye bye. So as as mentioned before in in the um, Portuguese uh, Grand Prix review, I'm just going to briefly review the the Emirates Grand Prix, which I uh, didn't forget, but which I didn't have the chance to to record correctly. 
Um, so here goes. So we, we know that Hamilton was able to, to claim his 99th pole position, which in itself is a ridiculous feat. Um, he's one step closer to 100. He, he wasn't able to do that at the Portuguese Grand Prix in retrospect, but hopefully at some point this season that will come. Um, but the running order initially for, for the race was Hamilton, Perez, Verstappen, Leclerc, Gasly, Ricardo, Norris, Ocon and Vettel. Um, Norris was only so far down just due to having his uh, lap time deleted, which would have actually put him on pole, uh, I believe. Um, and then Vettel had to start from the pit lane and, and Tsunoda started from the back due to due to uh, a penalty or a grid place penalty. Um the race itself was really good. So Lewis and Max went down um, to turn one. Uh, Max getting the jump on on Perez, but also then on Lewis and forcing him to go around the outside. Uh, or sorry, to go around the inside, which Lewis didn't like. <laughs> uh, Lewis and Max made contact with some of Lewis's front wing coming off. Um, at some point, it you know it was it was a bit tricky for. For, for Lewis, because uh, Max was in, in real control of the race. He didn't seem to to, to be worried at any point. Um, he had quite a nice lead. Uh, and when the track started to dry on around like lap 15, he started to do laps in the 127s. Um, he set the fastest lap well, on lap 30, um, and then he spun after the safety car restart, but it, it wasn't an issue for him. He, he continued to, to lap really well into the 119s. Um, and, and and won the race ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Lewis himself was very fortunate, very, very fortunate. So there was the issue of him going off when trying to um, pass the back markers. So he didn't manage to find a dry line. So in between George Russell and I think Valtteri Bottas, he, he spun up into the gravel, uh, once again damaging, uh, damaging the car, but also, um, more importantly, losing time in the race. Uh, where he came out was actually in ninth place, but due to a red flag uh, caused by Valtteri Bottas and uh, or George Russell and Valtteri Bottas, uh, Lewis was able to unlap himself and then uh, make his march wait or his march through the field and get up to uh, to second place, which was a really good recovery drive. But once again, very very fortunate. Um, in terms of third place, so so Lando Norris, he's a He's a superstar in the making, honestly. He, at the Imola Grand Prix, he should have had pole position, in my opinion. Um, he stepped outside of track limits, so it was very unfortunate there. Uh, but once again, rules are rules, I guess. Um, but yeah, he's just proven to be a more credible race the rest of the weeks go on, and a real challenge to um, the the rest of the best, or the best of the rest, uh, in terms of uh, Charles Leclerc, uh, Peter Gasly, Alpine, or or even Carlos Sainz, who settled in really well at Ferrari. Um, Norris came in third. He came in third. He wasn't able to hold off Lewis uh, for too many laps. He, he did it initially. Uh, but then as, um, I think it was a lap 60, Hamilton passed him. And yeah, he, he was running soft tyres for, for a very long time. So a, a very good stint on those and a very informed and calculated drive. He, he came in the second podium. So... Yeah, I, I was I was really impressed by Norris. Really, really impressed by Norris. Um, I think when it comes to to fourth place, uh, Charles Leclerc, he he had a good race. He had a really good race. At one point, um, he was wondering whether he should try and make a move on both Norris and Verstappen. 
when Hamilton had his off, he decided against it. And to be fair, he's well within his rights to do so. Um, he also had a nice little duel with Lewis and also uh, with uh, Lando Norris at some point, I believe, uh, before being overtaken. So it was a matter of a Ferrari not having the, the credible pace to challenge. Um, and it just seems that those Mercedes and Honda power units are ahead of everyone else once again in, in 2021. That being said, I was quite impressed. And I think that he's got a very good prospect of reaching the podium at some point this year. Um, when it comes to, to anyone else, and I'm, I'm just done the top four because I think those are the, were the standouts. I, I think that Sergio Perez had a, a terrible race. He, he spun multiple times and... He tried to pass after the safety car after he, he came off, which resulted in, in him having a penalty. He then spun again. Um, Esteban Ocon, he at one point uh, was really struggling on his tyres, and I think he managed to get into the points, which was a plus for him. Uh, Stroll did well. You know, He came up into eighth from his ninth uh, starting place, and he was holding off Bottas really well. Uh, mentioned at some points that he was losing shifts uh, with the gearbox, but... He did okay. Um, Bottas uh, and George Russell, on the other hand, this was the main talking point from the weekend because Russell and and George, they're not necessarily teammates. Uh, they 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 drive for different teams. Bottas for Mercedes uh, and Russell for uh, for Williams at this point in time. But Russell is a Mercedes junior driver. He has a ten year contract, and I think he's about five years into it. At the, well, yeah, he is five years into it at the moment. Um, with that being in mind, they had to come in together on on the lap thirty two. So literally just after Lewis had had his moment into the gravel, um, at first I, I thought that Bottas pushed George slightly wide uh, when he was defending his line, um, and I, I think from the onboard of of Kimi Raikkonen, you can see that uh, when Bottas's car started to move, George went uh, further and further towards the right, which put him into a wet patch, uh, and then eventually made him him spin into Bottas. However, on this occasion, it was George's fault. You know, George, he, he tried to overtake Russell. He, I think he got a little bit too overzealous, um, in my opinion. I know I'm a George fan, but I can't defend him if he's in the wrong. <laughs> he got a bit too overzealous. He touched the grass and he crashed into Bottas. Um, but it's what happened after that was really, uh, I won't say shocking, because, you know, I've been watching everyone for a while and you've seen worse in, in, in historical archive fights, but... He went over to Bottas to argue with him, to tell him what he thought of him. And you could hear from the onboard that Bottas was already winded. You know, the dude took a heavy hit going into the barriers. Um, at one point, I thought the doctors thought that he broke his ribs, but it was just a lot of breathing. Um, but yeah, George went over to him, um, was arguing with him. Bottas gave him the finger, which, you know, I wouldn't necessarily advocate, but emotions are high. You just crashed at 210 miles an hour. I might even do the same thing. Um, and then George smacked him in the helmet, <laughs> which, which should never be condoned and it shouldn't be done, especially when you're both uh, looking to try and secure that Mercedes seat for next year. Bottas has only one-year contracts, uh, which hasn't yet been extended, and George um, is looking to, to push higher up the grid. I thought that was a bit childish of both of them. Um, Obviously, Bottas was annoyed by something that George said, plus the actions. Um, but George shouldn't have smacked him. 
helmet or no helmet, <laughs> that shouldn't go on in F1 because then we'll start to see more and more drivers thinking it's okay and then potentially seeing uh, people do it in lower categories, which we've already seen uh, with a few other people who I won't mention. Um, that being said, George came up with the theory that uh, Valtteri wouldn't have done it if uh, it had been any other driver on the grid, which both uh, Toto Wolff, the Mercedes boss, and Valtteri himself dismissed. I think there might be something to that, because if you think about it, at the Sakir Grand Prix last year, Bottas was under a lot of pressure. Um, he trailed Hamilton in the championship by 170-odd points, and George had come in and effectively nearly taken pole. Then when he got the jump at the, at the, at the start and was winning the race handily until until the issues in the pits, and then later the tyre uh, blew up. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what both of them were thinking. And I think George's apology, or subsequent apology, was was needed. Because, <laughs> you know, Toto Wolff wasn't happy. He tried to insinuate that because they're both Mercedes drivers, uh, in essence, they shouldn't be racing against each other. And from that perspective, he has a point. Valtteri should have been nowhere near 8th and ninth place um, at the Emilia Grand Prix. But I think it's very unfair to expect drivers who are natural race... <laughs> natural race winners in different categories or in different uh, competitions to not to race each other, regardless of if they're teammates or if they're intra-teammates or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was a bit offhand. Fair enough, it costs Mercedes and Williams a lot of money to fix both of those cars, but it costs every team money whenever you crash. You know, we've seen it with uh, Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc, Brazil 2019. We've seen it with uh, Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg back in May uh, 2016 at the Spanish Grand Prix, like it happens, you know, you can't expect teammates not to to crash um, at some point. So that's just my take on it, um, and I know it's come out a little bit later, so apologies for that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the Emilia Grand Prix mini wrap up as well. So have a wonderful day. Please do uh, like, or sorry, please do share and subscribe. And if you're on Spotify, give us a follow and leave a review as well. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.